I am Sanjay Parekh, and I am the host of the Business of Meaning podcast, where we showcase businesses that pursue purpose and profit. My guest today is James Routledge. James is the co-founder of Sanctus. Now, Sanctus is on a mission to change the perception of mental health, and James is on a personal mission to make mental health in the workplace cool. Now, in the way that physical health issues are normal topics of conversation and generally lack stigma, James and Sanctus want to normalize the conversation around mental health in the workplace and make good mental health practices as commonplace as good physical health. So hi, James. Welcome to the Business of Meaning podcast. It'd be great if you give us an understanding of why you started Sanctus and what led you to, to this point. Hello. Thanks for having me, Sanjay. I'll try and keep this short and sweet and not, not ramble into my life story too much. Um, which is, which is difficult to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I suppose you rightly mentioned the mission that I'm on personally and, and we're on with Sanctus. Redefine mental health in many ways, transform it as an industry and kind of create this world where we work on our mental health just like we do our physical health. And I suppose what led me to that is, is a story really with my own mental health and not something that I'd ever growing up worked on or thought about to be honest, more, more out of a bit of naivety and ignorance than anything else. Um, started a business straight out of university, which was a kind of wild ride in many ways. Jumped straight into the startup world from the kind of safety and security of, of university life into this kind of yeah unknown world in many ways of, of startups. Kind of went down the, the rabbit hole. And yeah, I did that business for three and a half years to... Depends how you look at it. On, on the one hand, we raised lots of funding. So often people from the outside looked at us and said, oh, you're really successful. You're doing really well. You've raised lots of money. You're really young. However, really on the inside, it, it was broken. And, and I was finding it really difficult, really lonely, really insecure, really young and lost and, and kind of clueless, to be honest, about business. And all those feelings for a long time just, just kept to myself because I never had an outlet or I never knew that it was kind of okay for me to just feel like that. I never knew that other people were perhaps feeling the same and ended up shutting that business down. And in the, in the kind of months or about a year after, I suppose the trauma, to be honest, of, of shutting down that business, because it really was quite, it was like a, a loss for me. Yeah. Uh, it was a real, a real change in my identity. Um, that's when I was, yeah, started to feel some difficulties with my mental health, started to feel anxious, uh, started having panic attacks. And it did come on very quickly. And it basically just kind of felt, I think, a lot of the stuff that I'd been pushing down for a long time, it really started to surface and to manifest in anxiety for me. And didn't talk about that for a while because I didn't know how to in many ways or where to. Um, And over the period of about a year, kind of slowly grew in confidence about talking about my mental health, but also kind of had to really, because I felt like I was, I wouldn't say I was, I wasn't on the brink or anything like that. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't standing on, on the edge of a building, but I was, yeah, it was, it was debilitating and and it was affecting my life. So I ended up talking about mental health, ended up talking quite publicly, actually went from one extreme to the other. Maybe that's the kind of entrepreneurial <laughs> side to me. Went from not talking to anyone about mental health to kind of pretty much talking to everyone and talking pretty publicly and being quite publicly vulnerable and honest about uh, my experiences, which, which really helped me. It was extremely cathartic and very therapeutic, but also drew a lot of people towards me um, and eventually to Sanctus um, because 
a lot of the things that I was started to say about mental health, a lot of the beliefs I have about mental health um, on an individual level, but also on like a macro level of well, where the world is moving um, really resonated with a lot of people. That was about, that was three years ago now, actually pretty much three years ago to the day um, that I first started talking about m- my mental health and three years on have built a business in mental health. And yeah, we, we do some great work in mental health now. So it's, it's a great story that I'm proud to be telling in many ways. Great. So what does Sanctus actually do? Because it's, you know, it's, it, we talked about trying to make mental health in the workplace cool, but it'd be great to get a sense of how, what is the process of doing that? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, like you pointed out, really, really, and, and given the way it was started very organically from kind of my story, it really did start almost more as like a movement than an actual business. And whilst I did have a belief that there was a business in Sanctus in the early days, it, it really was started as you know, a community of people, as a message that people were really buying into. However, eventually, we, I sort of had this, and still do, this, this vision that I started to kind of put out into the world of, you know, let's, let's put a mental health gym on the high street one day, basically. That, this real big, hairy goal, this kind of 20, 30, 40, 50 year vision that that's how the world could look one day. You know, we could go off the street, walk into the Sanctus Mental Health Gym and, and do a workout for our mental health, just like we would do a workout for our physical health. And actually, the, the first thing we did was, well, I met some you know, coaches, therapists, counselors, people who, mental health professionals who wanted to work with individuals in this way. And we started to do coaching on a group level initially until actually eventually we started to get a really strong pull from the workplace to start to like kind of create this safe space, this sanctuary almost in the workplace where people could work on their mental health with a coach, with a professional. Um, that's evolved into pretty much what our business model is right now. So we've got a team of Sanctus coaches who are all mental health professionals that we nurture on board, support with supervision, with kind of all of our support structures and risk assessments and trauma workshops. And we place them into the workplace and they see up to eight people in a day for a 45 minute session where people can really bring, yeah, where they can kind of bring anything, to be honest. Obviously, there are some things that Sanctus isn't set up to, to work on in the workplace. Um, and often we might, we might signpost people to, to get um, more support elsewhere. Or we really encourage people to bring and work on their mental health before there's a real problem or people are in real, you know, in real distress because that is our entire message. Strengthen, improve, don't just react to when you're burnt out or having panic attacks, you know, just approach your mental health with curiosity and, and go from there. And, and that's, that's working really well for us. So the, the core business model is mental health coaches that go into the workplace that regularly go in and counsel and, and talk to individuals on, on whatever mental health issues they're facing within the organisation. I think that's the core of what you do. But you said something really interesting at the end there in terms of you encourage people to deal with mental health issues on an ongoing basis and not let it get yeah. to the point where it gets... Um, into into a big issue it'd be great if we could talk about that a little bit more because i think that's one of the big problems in mental health at the moment is that perception is it's all about the big dramatic issues you know the, the suicides the, yeah. the breakdowns yes. um and actually it sounds like you're you're trying to stop it being just put in that 100 percent. well i would i would i would contest that the majority that actually the perception of mental health right now is actually mental illness right and I, our current perception of mental health when people say the word mental health 
I actually think what the majority of people in this country and beyond are drawn to is mental illness. I don't think we have this holistic view of mental health, which is what we are trying to promote. Like if you think about physical health, you don't immediately think of disease or injury or illness. You think about this full holistic view of health, which includes fitness, strength, running the gym, healthy diets, all the way to disease, illness, and um, yeah, impediments essentially with with your physical health. And, And that's a view of mental health, which we're really trying to promote. Like let's look at mental health in a much more positive life. You know, mental health, yes, it encompasses anxiety, depression, and a whole string of of diagnosable mental health conditions, but it also encompasses, you know, you feeling really good (laughs) about your life, um, or you wanting just a little bit more, you know, or you feeling a little bit frustrated or angry. Um, And I think the perception is that we've got, which maybe is a bit of a British thing, is that often our problems aren't use quotation marks here big enough for them to warrant talking to someone so often people feel guilty they feel like oh i shouldn't be you know i shouldn't need to talk about this i'm so privileged this i can't believe that this is even a problem for me and we're really trying to like really trying to kind of smash that down and say look like we all have a right to share whatever's going on for us no matter how minor that may feel to you you know go and talk to a sanctus coach about the fact that you're so angry and frustrated this morning because your commute was really annoying. How can you change that? That affects your mental health. Okay. Yeah. It might not be severe. You can't get out of bed this morning, but it's still, you still have a right, I think, and a duty to yourself to, to share that because actually as the days go by and if things like that add up, add up, that's when actually you might, you know, your mental health might become more severely affected. So we're really encouraging to look at mental health, people to look at mental health, not just from a, not even just from a preventative point, but actually from a kind of, I don't really like, I've not found a term I like to manage yet from a more of a personal growth or self-development point of view as well. And yeah, and I think that is the perception really that needs to change this idea that, look, if we work on our mental health, that, like you said, that's cool. <laughs> it's, yeah. It says something about you. It's, you know, you're trying to be a better version of yourself or you're trying to improve an area of your life. And, and that's something we want people to be proud of. Yeah. I, I don't know that you'd like this, but I, when you were talking then, I was thinking it's, it's like mental hygiene. You know, it's a bit like um, flossing your teeth, right? You, 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 it's not the biggest job in the world, is it? And, you know, it's quite small, but actually floss your teeth every day. I think, um, I think that's, that's definitely a big side of it. Like I said, the prevention, the hygiene. Yes. Yeah. I love the analogy of dental health. Um, you know, you brush your teeth every day because it keeps your teeth in check. You could argue you go and see a, a coach once a month because it keeps your mental health in check. I would on the flip side though, say actually that talking to someone frequently or working on your mental health, whether you do that through coaching or therapy or meditation or mindfulness or yoga or whatever you decide to do, I would actually argue that you, the benefits people get from that are far greater than just a maintenance and a hygiene. People yep. really see true transformation and change in their life, which that's where the analogy with the gym is a really good one because in the gym, people see real transformation in their body and, and actually in the way they feel. And you can really get that from working on your mental health consistently as well. And that's, that's what we're trying to encourage. Great. So... I mean, this podcast is about business and, 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 and businesses with meaning. It'd be good to just change tack a little bit and understand how 
the business is structured in terms of funding and how you yeah. run the business in in the sense that some people may say that this type of issue is dealt with already through the health services or, or, or third sectors. I'm sure you'll disagree with that, but it'd be good just to, <laughs> <laughs> to get your uh, get your view on that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've trumped me now. I, <laughs> I, I think. Um, I mean, I, setting up Sanctus, a lot of people, a lot of people, kind of intake of breath. Oh, you, you, you want to set that up as a charity, don't you? Or not for profit? Mm. And and I, I just laughed. I was like, why? What are you saying? Mental health is a charity problem or something for charities? Like, what, what message is that sending? Actually, no. The whole point about mental health is we need to change it to something that people value and want to invest in. And actually that people pay the price for in terms of they value it by spending their money on it. And I think that is what the mental health industry and the mental health market essentially needs. And people have to value their mental health like they value their physical health, like they value other stuff in their life. So you take people away from spending £100 at the weekend on beer and you maybe get them to you know, invest some of that money into, into working on their mental health. That's what we're encouraging. So I really strongly believe that mental health needs a kind of like household brands or a series of household brands, which are commercially set up as businesses. That's why Sanctus is a you know, UK limited company. And we're proud of that. You know, we're absolutely not ashamed of that in any way. And then I think you rightly say like, well, shouldn't this be covered by the government or in the NHS or I mean the simple answer to that is it's not you know it's complete the NHS is crippled under the demand for mental health services it simply cannot cope and that is because there just simply aren't enough people out there and there's not enough education you're getting people going to their GP to talk about their mental health when really you you want people that you want that actual doctor spending their time with people who are truly, truly in need. Hopefully, if you create enough awareness, education, and cultural change around mental health, then actually more of us could self-support or self-support each other so that actually it would take the pressure off the NHS and the NHS is left to deal with people who are really, really in need. And as well, I mean, I don't know what the stats were 50 years ago, but I imagine 50 years ago, you got a lot more people going to their doctor with heart problems and because they were out of, out of shape and they weren't fit. So actually the rise of the health and fitness industry, I'm sure, has, has helped. Um, so I think actually if you can kind of raise the mental health um, of individuals, where again, we're going to release the pressure on the NHS and on the system in the UK because people will be taking more ownership essentially of their own mental health. Then I think if the private sector can step up and commercialize mental health in a really positive way, um, in a way that's really aligned and I think that is only going to do great things as well because to be honest like the main problem we've got in this country is we just do not have enough mental health professionals like we just don't there's just the waiting lists are long you know you try and access mental health through your through your GP it's a postcode lottery private is very expensive and even that feels very inaccessible for people so you know I think for us actually like really if we get down to the nitty-gritty of what's important, I believe, about Sanctus and our business model, it's actually creating this next generation of mental health professionals, really, if I really boil it down. I think that's actually what the country and the world needs. You know, we need as many mental health professionals as there are Uber drivers in London. <laughs> you know, that's what we really need. Maybe um, not that many. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think that's what, that is, that's what needs to happen because that will create more support. It will 
will raise more awareness, more education. We, we, we have to get to a point where we know as much about our mental health as we do our physical health in terms of knowing the basics, really. You know, everyone, you know physical health, five a day. You know, <laughs> have five fruit and veg a day or exercise two or three times a week. It's, it's become ingrained in our culture now, at least for, at least for the generation coming through. And, and I, I really want us to get to that place of mental health. Um, and of course, there will always be ongoing conversations about the right approach. Look at health and fitness. People have visceral debates about the right approach to mm. bodybuilding or weightlifting or what nutrition should be. And that's really healthy. And the same will happen in mental health. We'll have different types of therapies arguing over what approach is more healing or more transformative. Fantastic. But we really have to get to a point where the awareness and the education is, is high. And then we've got to have enough professionals in the market who, who can really serve what is, I mean, if we're saying, look, everyone has mental health, which is fundamentally a truth. I mean, there's 70 million people in this country. So <laughs> yeah. do the math. You're going to need a lot of, you're going to need a lot of um, people who can work in mental health. So what, why do you think there's this huge demand then? I mean, the, there's, there's obviously been a, a, a big shift in people's desire to improve themselves uh, from a mental health perspective. But what's what's the underlying cause behind mm. that? Yeah, I think there's I think there's a, just a few things going on really in the world. I think we're at a bit of a um, I don't know whether to call it an inflection point or we're, I just think we're at quite a marked point in kind of human history in many ways. Um, I think uh, first thing that springs to mind is you know the penetration of technology in our yep. lives. I think that's in a lot of ways it's kind of liberated kind of humanity or a lot of people and allowed them to question you know who do i want to be what do i want to be um it's allowed people to really explore their identity and ask themselves these like deeper existential questions i think we've got a lot of people just questioning a lot of things in the world you know politics race gender and i think this is all part of this mix of this almost what I would class as, I'm going to sound a little bit sort of, well, some people might think this sounds, again, use quotation marks, hippie, but a little bit of an awakening in many ways. You know, a bit, of an, a bit of a sort of shift in consciousness of kind of people almost being like, okay, you know, what do I actually want to do with my life? Like, what do I value? Who do I want to be around? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to work? Is this relationship right for me? And I think that's where a lot of people in the Western world at least are at because, you know, the basics of Maslow's hierarchy uh, we've kind of got. And yeah. people are, it's as if people are almost stepping into this next phase of, obviously Maslow calls it the, the self-actualization phase. And, and I really think that's true. I think people, especially the younger generations, are searching much more for purpose in their work in particular, mm. really making decisions based around values. Not so, on the one end, I suppose you could say that the world is more material than it's ever been with the rise of Instagram and influencers and all that, but I do think there's a kind of counter movement of people really questioning material and monetary wealth. So I think there's a, I think there's a lot going on in the world, like I really do. I think there's a melting pot of things that has led to a rise in mental health issues in the first instance, people really suffering. And obviously, and the rates of suicide are well known to be harrowing and larger than ever. Yeah. And, and I think that's really sparked off a lot of questions. 
and a lot of awareness. And when I say awareness, I mean like in terms of like self-awareness, like individual awareness of people's own, how you feel in this moment in your life. And I think, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on, especially if you look at the political landscape and, and how that plays into it as well. People are really starting to question things, I think, um, which I think is very good, actually. I think it's a real opportunity, but it, it's, a real, it's really hard as well because I think people, a lot of people are realizing that maybe what they feel or where they are in their life um, or what's going on in the world or their environment around them, they're not actually that happy with. Yeah, I think, yeah, you summed it up pretty well. And there's, I think there's just a tremendous amount of change going on in all sorts of spheres and you've touched on yeah. a load of them. And I think that throws up a bunch of mental health issues actually um not necessarily you can't necessarily draw a straight line between something happening politically and how somebody feels but it somehow this does impact 100 yeah 100 well our environment you know we're, we're in a constant relationship with our environment so i think if we do start to become more aware of our own mental health which i think is what's happening on quite a global scale we will naturally start to question our environment which again to me is very exciting I think the more aware people become of their mental health and, you know, the way they're living their life, essentially, I do think people will start to ask more questions around the people who lead their countries or decisions they make around the environment or how conscious they are towards what they eat. So I think it's a very exciting time in many ways. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. There's, yeah, when this changes, there's definitely excitement around. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of anxiety there. Too. A lot of anxiety. So, how, how would um, how would somebody work with you then? Before you answer, actually, I'll, I'll just give people a little insight into how I found out about you. But one of yeah. our team members, when I was running the last business, was based in London and knew knew about you and brought this idea to me as, as a CEO and said, "Hey, um, uh, Sanjay, look." The, a fan about Sanctus, um, they've got this thing called the Mental Health Pledge. I think we yeah. should be doing this. We should be incorporating this into the culture and the values of the business. You can tell everyone what the pledge is about in a second. And, uh, you know, and I was really struck by that because this, this is really, you know, something completely out of the blue, really, in terms of mm. a service that I hadn't really seen before. And it, but it just, it just made so much sense to me. And this whole concept, again, we can jump into this in a second, of bringing your whole self uh, mm. who work which yeah i've heard from a slightly different angle to yourselves but, but the concept is just just so important of our time i'd say and that's how i found out about you and we signed this pledge and we made a bit of a song and dance in the company about it we yeah. put it up on the wall and and it was really we were just trying to send a message out to the staff mm. that we were yeah. to take this issue seriously and actually we want a diverse workplace and we want everybody's yeah. ideas and this is a formal yeah. way of acknowledging that but it'd be great to get your view on on the mental yeah health yeah pledge and also how companies could engage with you yeah so yeah just to give some background on the mental health pledge obviously I, I talked before about like our core product i suppose which is this kind of sanctus coaching in the workplace it's this you know you create this safe space for your employees essentially and say look as a business we're committing to you and your mental health and um we want this workplace to be a place where you could openly not only bring your mental health to work if, if you want to it doesn't mean everyone's sort of you know, compelled to, to share and talk about their feelings all the time, but but you know you have the option to if, if you'd like to, mm. which I think is a really strong message to send. Um, alongside that, we obviously work quite closely with our partners to to help them communicate mental health in the right way in their business and to kind of create this culture of safety and permission in the business, which is very important. You know, without that, people, even if you had access to the best kind of perks and coaches in your workplace, if you don't feel comfortable getting up out of your desk and just giving a quick nod to your manager and saying, look, I'm going to go for my, my sanctus session. 
it doesn't really matter. So the kind of cultural change is extremely important. And then that's where something like the pledge came in. So we created the pledge to be, to kind of be like you've, how you sounds like you've used it, like a, a commitment, a, a show of intention to your team or, or to the workplace to say, look, this is the kind of workplace we want to create where, where mental health is supported and accepted just like physical health is. And we want to create an environment where people can bring their whole self to work. And I think what's brilliant about that, and I think actually what is brilliant about mental health often is you often end up talking about much more than mental health. Mm. You often talk about, you could easily incorporate the same thing into mental health as you do diversity. Look, we, you know, we bring your mental health to work. You want you bring who you are, be yourself. And that could mean at the same time, you know, maybe you're, you're from a, a, a different culture or a different heritage or, race or religion or whatever it might be and, and bring that to this workplace and don't feel like you have to hide who you are and I think that's such a strong message for certain employee employers to be sending out obviously certain employers don't want to do that frankly but it sounds like you know for people like yourself and many other people that's the kind of workplaces they want to build and I think that's really that's something that yes we've got this core product of of coaching and that's that's where we make our money simply put but also at the same time we, we hope that through you know, through the, the videos that I do on LinkedIn and the content we share and the Sanctus podcast, we can kind of really help to kickstart this almost cultural change as well. Because actually, I'm glad you signed the pledge, mate, but you could have easily done the same thing without the pledge. You could have still talked about mental health quite openly in your company and you could have created this culture where at your business, people can bring their mental health and their whole self to work, um, which is great. Um, I think obviously something like the Sanctus Mental Health Pledge helps you do that because it gives you a bit of a something to talk about almost. But I think businesses can do all that. And importantly, they can do all that for free, which I think is really, really important. So yeah, I mean, there's many, I hope there's many, I hope that a business really can work with us without ever having to be our customer in many ways. I'm shooting myself in the foot a little bit, but you know what I mean? Like I really want, I really want people to buy into the message and the mission that we're talking about as well. And, and take their own steps to do that because the way every company does it is going to be so different. I don't think every company in the world is going to have a Sanctus coach in the office as much as I would love it that to happen. It just might not be right for some people. They might have a budget, business might be going through a period, they might, I don't know, it just might not be right for, for that business. But I do believe that every business can really start to think about mental health as part of their strategy, as part of their organizational design, and they can really bed into their culture and their values this idea of, you can be yourself at work. That is very important. And that is something I believe that any business in the world can buy into. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, some of the things we did, which don't cost anything, was we, we before, uh, especially the senior management meetings, because quite often those are the guys that get forgotten about. They're supposed to be the top <laughs> deal with everything. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. you sit down and ask them uh, a very simple question. How, how are you feeling? And answer it in traffic-like terms, you know? Clearly, if they said they were uh, red, then we talked yep. about whatever the thing is that was red. We didn't talk about the business issue because it was pointless, right? If you're on yeah. red, um, yeah, yeah, of course. Can't really focus on the business. Yeah. And if they were amber, we would we would be mindful that hey, you know, maybe there is the things that are bubbling away. We just need to be you know sensitive to what's going on. And obviously, we were hoping that they'd say they were green, but just to get that temperature check before mm-hmm. the meeting rather than just and and, and that is such a good example of how you can. That, in my mind, is you being really mindful and considered about mental health, actually, in your business approach. You know, it's, you might argue that, that, oh, that doesn't seem to be about mental health, but it, it is. Because actually, 
you know, you give the leaders or the people in your business space yeah. to say, oh, actually, it could be anything, couldn't it? It could be grief. It could be, you know, it could be, oh, God, I'm trying to buy a house and I'm completely so stressed out about it. It's, that's something that's really affecting someone. So I think what you've just described to me is like, like a perfect example of how you can really think about mental health in your company really by kind of sort of weaving it into the kind of fabric of your business. And that hasn't cost you a penny yeah. um, at all. And I imagine it, it works really well, I would guess. Yeah, it, it worked really well and it uncovered a whole load of things. And we could have gone off in such a bad direction as well if we hadn't addressed some of the issues that were brought out in that yeah. like you say it can be just things like you know something's happening at home um and you can't really fix that but at least you can be empathetic to why they may want to leave early or or they're a bit tired when they yep. when they arrive all the t- all the all you know team members could chip in and help them out for a while yeah. i think actually if you want to make it even more specific to a business sometimes there are things in your business that are affecting people so much that you might not know about there might right. be things that you do <laughs> a process if you have as a business that are affecting people's mental health that are stressing people out so would it not be fantastic to know what they are imagine if you did that check-in with one of your senior management and they said actually sanjay the way that we deal with clients i'm making this up by the way now you know the way that we deal with clients is completely stressing me out they're calling me any time of the day they, they think they can have everything from me i got my our top client calling me on sunday i'm trying to spend time with my kids it's stressing me out that is something that you can actually control as a business. You know, you could change your contract with your clients. So actually you could start, if you start to really be considered about mental health in your organization, you can actually unblock a lot of inefficiencies and a lot of stresses in the organization too. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, be good to get an understanding of the culture at Sainsis. I mean, you're, you, it's, you know, obviously at the beginning it's, it's easy to shape, right? You're your founder, yeah. co-founder, and you can build this lovely little view of the world. But as I understand it, you're growing, you're you're pulling in coaches, and yeah. you're you're building out the team. How do how do you maintain the culture within the business uh, as you grow, and how do you make sure that you're still living that vision mm. within internal? Yeah, yeah. So we're at we're probably at the size now where obviously we've always had a culture, like you said. Um, I think we're at size now where we're starting to see it, if that makes sense. We've got 10 full-time and 32 coaches who are, who are they're self-employed, but very much feel part of our team. So how have we done it? I mean, I think that's one of the things that I learned quite early on, or at least noticed about culture, is that you can't create your culture like you create a product. You know, it's very hard to kind of roadmap it, or you could do that for your you know, how you might envisage HR growing as a function, but you can't do without your culture because it's almost this, it's this constantly evolving thing that, yes, is largely created by the founding team, I think, um, and set from, from the founder or whoever the, like, the core leadership team, but, but it's co-created as well. You know, your employees are going to really make it, um, obviously really going to set, set your culture too. There's a few things that we do, which I'll share, which, you know, we, we do, which I think are quite unique to us. But I think really, and this is such like a kind of cliche answer, I just think it comes down to, <laughs> to good people. Like, I mm. think from early on, we've, we've made all of our hires very much based around this, I suppose, on two things, really, sort of alignment to our mission. How much do people feel, yeah, how much they care, basically, about the work we're actually doing? 
and and do they do they share our values as well? Um, we've never actually kind of codified our values in any ways, but especially in the early days, every hiring decision me and George made, we made it on gut feel, every right. single one. Does this feel right? And um, I'm so glad we did that because I think it's meant that you know all of our team. I, f- I feel like we share there are a lot of shared values in the team, and that has actually been the single biggest thing which has created a strong culture. I think. Then I think there are some other things that we do, you know, like one of the things that we do that's quite unique is we have um, what's called Sanctus um, Sanctus Reflections. Um, so we have a group once a month where anyone from the team just kind of comes and sits down and talks about what's going on in their life. It's quite a unique kind of like a group therapy space in many ways. So I think that's been something which is kind of, yeah, that's that's probably an example of how we really live our values in the example of like a system almost. Yeah, and just I think I think it really comes out in just the I feel like your culture comes out in the little things you do as well, not just mm. the big things that you do. I think I used to think culture was like beers on a Friday and I know a ping pong table in the office, and yeah. to me it just really isn't. It's more your values and how you how you do business. I think culture is equally aligned to how you talk to your customers. You know, are you, for example, a big value that I think that we hold is is almost kind of always speaking this, we call it like the hard truth. You know, say we've, say we've made a mistake, saying to a customer like, oh, that was our fault. Like never trying to like blag it or lie. Um, and I think that's a value which, again, it creates this kind of almost like this legacy in the business, these stories that get shared. Um, and then that creates a really strong sense of identity and a kind of shared sort of, this is how we do things here. Yeah, it is. It's kind of not like a cult, but <laughs> it yep. is like, yep. uh, yeah, I suppose shared ethics, values, code of conduct in many ways. And I think I hope in the future that's something we will have to really like codify. But to be honest, until this point, it's just been very organic and done through the interpersonal relationships, I would say, in the team. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So you, you don't have anything explicitly written down, but the way you and George have managed it is is by selecting the people that enter effectively the company from potentially gut feel like you said and then yeah we, yeah, we, we actually haven't got our values written down like yeah, yeah. we've got some form of them but i don't think they're actually right so i mean but we've yeah i think we've got this i definitely think as an organization we've got a really strong sense of values and i actually mm. think i would hope that people would sort of say that they can see that from the outside too in the way we write and the way we talk online i do yeah. think it is very very strong and i think that's why our brand is quite strong but you i mean we've got a brand book which talks about the way we talk and our mission and our vision but we've not got anything specifically about values so yeah i do think it's mainly come from me and george initially obviously but then from the rest of the team being really as well really quite protective of yeah. those values and really not settling for for any less um, and i think probably the next phase for us in our maturity is, is developing this level of accountability, I think, of being able to call each other out on that. <laughs> That's like the next stage of kind of family therapy in many ways. Like can you hold each other can you hold each other accountable? But yeah, I think I think we've made a good start. Yeah, just from from me and George probably, yes, in the first instance, being very protective and having very high standards for mm. our values. So, you know, when we were doing employee one-on-ones in the early days and still now, we were hardly talking about performance. We, right. we were more so talking about the way people were showing up and, and the way people were acting and behaving, which felt really strange, but it also felt really right as well. <laughs> Great. The, 
I think this just to just round off on culture and values. I think for me, culture uh, and values particularly uh, uh, describe how uh, a company behaves when essentially you're not looking, right? When 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 people yeah. aren't looking, <laughs> yeah. how, you know, how, how does the organisation, in the broader sense, uh, operate? And I think that defines for me the culture because it's really easy to for a company to behave in a certain way when all the bosses are looking and watching and of course you're polite mm. to the customer then of course you tell them yeah 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 <laughs> of course you're, you're innovative then but it's when you know when when you're tired on a friday at, at sort of 5 30 and the phone rings and then you know how's someone behaving then um i think i think also I, I i love that i think that's so true i think also what i what i was just thinking as as, as you when you first said that sentence is also when when things are difficult mm. you know when when things are hard how how are you behaving then or when there's a difficult conversation to be had and i think because that's crunch time you know that's the stuff that people will really remember um, when you did fuck up for that customer or you made a mistake like what you almost like that's what you want to be reverting to okay what are our values what place do we make this decision from so i completely agree what what happens when yeah when you know maybe one day one of the founders flees the nest you know moves on or steps away from the business in some ways what what's left basically I, I completely agree yeah yeah so james what's something that you do in your business that's um either unusual or different that people don't necessarily know about that um you know you obviously do lots of things that are quite unusual i would say but be good. <laughs> <laughs> sort of reveal things that people aren't God, honestly, <laughs> honestly yeah, i think some of the stuff we do is quite Wow. I mean, one of the things we did last year, I mean, look, we've got a team full of coaches who often spend their weekends, you know, sitting in, sitting around in circles, doing all sorts of different things. So, you know, the, the extracurricular activities of the Sanctus coaching team could range from ancestral trauma retreats to psychedelic retreats to, uh, you know, you name it. So there's a whole range of different kind of activities around kind of spirituality, mental health, all this kind of stuff happening within Sanctus. Uh, and obviously some of that started to eke into, into the business in, in some really good ways. So actually towards the end of last year, we had a kind of end of year full team day. Um, and we did this incredible exercise at the end of the day where we had, we put five chairs out and each chair represented a stakeholder of Sanctus. So there was a coach, a partner, that's what we call our customers, um, a user of Sanctus, um, someone from HQ, the, so an employee of Sanctus, and someone in the audience. And, we, and it was facilitated by one of our coaches, and we did this exercise where anyone could sit in each seat. And as you sat in each seat, you were encouraged to close your eyes and to really feel what it felt like to be that person, which was just, I know, it was an amazing exercise. Um, so for example, you know, I, I obviously took part, sat down in the seat of that represented the Sanctus user and I really could get myself into the mindset of a user of Sanctus. What does it feel like to be someone who's, who can access the Sanctus coaching session in my workplace? We had coaches who were sitting in the seats of, of HQ and really understanding what it feels like to be an employee of Sanctus, helping to run Sanctus day-to-day. We had people from HQ sitting in the seat of coach to really feel like what it feels like to be a self-employed coach for Sanctus. So it developed so much empathy and so much perspective. It was, it was an f- amazing exercise. It really was. Um, I can't, there's a name for it, and I can't remember what it's called. I think kind of a, like a constellation or 
or something like that, or a hot seat or something. I can't quite remember. Amazing exercise. And then I would say the thing I mentioned earlier, the group reflections is definitely very unique. You know, I don't think there are many organizations where the founder of the business sits with people from the team and talks about what's going on in his life <laughs> you know, uh, in front of a group. Like, I just think that's quite unique. I think the level of vulnerability and intimacy in our company is probably quite unique. I feel like I've seen pretty much everyone cry at some point. That's just like, that's just where it, that's just, yeah, obviously that's unique to us because of the, the world we work in. Yeah, yeah, very very brave thing to do because you are exposing yourself. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and it is. I'm not going to say that's always easy, and I'm not also not pretend that I always do that. Of course, I don't. Yeah. But again, that is part of our fabric in many ways. Yeah. Vulnerability. That's and and again, that I think it's really important for me to note that that's our culture. Mm. And I'm not saying everyone should be like that, but this just really works for us because of the space and the industry we work in. Yeah. Yeah, that's critical. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't shoehorn a culture. No, no. But what no. you can do is learn from it, right? You can, you can, you know, maybe apply it or tweak it to, to your situation. Yeah, and, and I think there are definitely a lot of companies which look at the way we do things and are intrigued because I do think a lot of companies would like to have more intimacy, for example, at work. They would like to have a bit more connection, more empathy. And I think because we have so much of that here, I think people are quite interested in that. They're intrigued. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to do as we do, but I do think people are very interested in what we have to say. And I think that's why, yeah, and that's why a lot of our content is often quite, does quite well. And a lot of people read and listen because I do think people are interested in, in how their workplace could almost move towards some more of that as well. I think people really want that at work. Mm. Yeah, I think I completely agree. They definitely do, but especially people who work in the organizations, they definitely want more of that. The challenge is when you've got an established culture, you you, you have to do these things from the right place. Uh, let, let's just put it that yeah. way. Um, you can't just slap this on top and say, oh, no, well. you can't just stick it on. No. <laughs> yeah. We're going to no. be more empathetic now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thing through recension. Uh, and then the moment the tough issue in the business and then, uh, uh, yeah, we treat people a different way. Yeah, we're not being empathetic anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. No. It's um, got to come from, you know, it's really got to come from inside, hasn't it? It's got to be a real sort of intrinsic desire to want to do that. And it's got to come from the top often. Yeah. Um, and it's got to be very pure in that way. I completely agree. Yeah, definitely. So James, we're just trying to wrap things up now. It'd be great to understand what, uh, what's next for Sanctus. The main thing for us is to, I suppose we, you know, last, so last year we, we kind of tripled in size, which was, right. which was awesome and did that on a profit as well, which is even better. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, um, very impressive. Yeah. It doesn't happen too often. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're very, we, yeah, yeah, very, very proud to be kind of sustainable. We have raised some investment, but really small amount comparative to a lot of startups. So we're kind of proud to be yeah, sustainable and, and on our own path in many ways and kind of more of the same this year. So I, I, we want our growth to be healthy ambitious but not insane so i think this year we're looking at kind of dub probably doubling the team um again so we're at 32 coaches we'd like to end the year by adding what we call another cohort of coaches so another 30 coaches about another classroom of coaches almost if you look at it that way and then sort of alongside that we would obviously of course like to grow the number of partners that that we work with and, and do more sanctus coaching days in the workplace and i think we're, we're, we're on track to do that so definitely focused on the workplace for now um, could easily be focused on the workplace to be honest for the next five years you know it's yeah there's so much scope to do more there's 
we don't work with any public sector businesses. We don't really work. We don't work with any banks. We don't work with any law firms, any engineering, construction, retail. There's so many industries that we, we even haven't even scratched the surface of yet. So I think that's the exciting thing for us. Like, how can we start to work with organizations where, you know, that aren't white collar, <laughs> basically? Yeah. Um, you know, how do we work with someone in this? How does someone in a supermarket? have access to talk to someone about their mental health. That's the really complex and interesting challenge for us. And that's where we want to get to. Um, and that we, that could be a lifelong endeavor, which, which would be cool also. And then look one day, hopefully we'll flip that to consumer and there'll be a mental health gym on the high street too. <laughs> so that's the stick to the workplace. Now continue to grow this, this kind of quality, quality sort of supply of Sanctus coaches and, and then go from there really. So great to hear a founder of a business not talking about their exit plans. So that sounds 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 yeah. fantastic. No, that's certainly not in mind. Whether <laughs> whether that will ever be, I, I, I who knows. But that's just not. I don't. I just. I mean, that's a whole other podcast in itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about why I don't. Why I don't necessarily agree with creating a business um, with an exit in mind. It doesn't. Yeah. It certainly doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, let's put it that way. Great. And, and, and finally, just to wrap up, is there any advice you'd give to other business owners or entrepreneurs that want to add more meaning to their work? I would love, I mean, oh, put me on the spot there. I mean, the first thing I just thought then is I think every business has meaning. Right. I would hope in some way. I mean, if you're really questioning whether your business has any meaning at all, then I think the question is whether you, whether you even want to be doing it. Is, is the really hard question to, to be asking. So I think if you're really battling with that question, because I've been there, I've done that, you know, my last business, I, pretty much the thing that led me to shut it down was I realized that it had no meaning to me, what we were doing. It meant nothing to me. I didn't really didn't think I was having any valuable impact on the world. And, and, I, and that's what I want. So decided to shut it down, which was a very difficult decision that took me three years too long to make and and the mental health uh, issues ensued <laughs> i think for any other business you know what in, in any in, in different industries we're quite for, look we're in mental health of course we're gonna have loads of meaning and i think every business has got meaning so i suppose i think it'd be a question for me of like asking yourself what's already there yeah. what do we do that's meaningful what you know almost ask yourself a few what you might class as kind of coaching questions a bit open-ended what do we do that excites us what what are we really passionate about what do we find ourselves getting really animated about whether you might even find yourself getting really angry about something i often yeah. find that when i'm angry about something that's actually what i'm the most passionate about so yeah i think just just kind of almost an audit you know like what is <laughs> what yeah. do we what do we feel is really purposeful in our work and there's loads of like external coaches and consultants you could work with to do that but i think you can ask yourself that question too you could journal on it. You could write a blog post about it. You could just talk to your co-founder or someone on your leadership team about it. You could get your employees to think about it. I believe that all good businesses are creating value you know, and, and meaning in some way. So I suppose it's just a search for what that is really. Makes a lot of sense. I, I agree with you. If you don't have meaning in your business, yeah, yeah you should really ask yourself why you're doing it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Well, thanks very much, James, for sharing your story with us today and showing us all how you conduct business with meaning. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, James, for sharing your story and giving everyday working people an outlet for their mental health issues. I do hope that many more companies look to give their staff the support they need and allow them to bring their whole selves to work. Now, Sanctus is really changing the perception of mental health in the workplace 
and it's inspiring to think that one day there could be a mental health gym on every high street. Now for our listeners, we'd really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with your colleagues and friends. And if you love what you're hearing, it would be great if you could leave a review on iTunes. If you've got any direct feedback, we'd love to hear from you, either via Twitter at BOFmeaning or via email at sanjay at thebusinessofmeaning.com. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all on the next episode.